Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey friends, before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast episode is sponsored by my favorite books. Not literally, but I did create a book list for you with all of my favorite books for self-love and body image and self-confidence and just overall self-healing and growth. I am a huge personal growth person. And to be honest with you, a lot of the things that I talk about come from the books that I've read. I'm a big reader and I always tell my little sister, readers are leaders. And I love audiobooks. I love book books. I love Kindle. I love all the forms of books. Just give me all the goods. So I decided to create a book list for you with my top 25 favorite books. And I actually add to this list. So there's probably going to be more than 25 books on it. But I have narrowed it down to top 25 books that you need to read to start the self-love journey. I'm not saying you have to read all the books right now, but you should have this list handy dandy for when you're getting a book on Amazon or shopping in your Audible or whatever. So I've created this book list and you can get it at maryscupoftea.com slash books. And I will also put it in the show notes. And let me know how you like these recommendations by screenshotting what you're reading and tagging me in your Instagram stories. I always love seeing you use my recommendations. It just makes my whole day because we're like a little community. So anyways, maryscupoftea.com slash books. Go get it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another video on my YouTube channel, Mary's Cup of Tea. I am so glad you're here because if you're here, it means that you are there for me even when I have ghosted you. And I really want to apologize for that. I was making videos consistently, um, but honestly, it just got too much for me and I'm juggling so many things. And YouTube just became this very difficult platform. It's kind of a beast to make the videos and edit them and put them up there, not to mention all the comments I receive, which are always mixed, and I personally just couldn't handle it. But today I am back because I thought it was very important for me to tell you my eating disorder story and everything that I've gone through in its entirety. I realized that I've never actually sat down and talked about everything from start to finish, and I want to do it for a few different reasons. First of all, I want to, you know, bring awareness to eating disorders and what extreme restrictive dieting can do to your mental health. And so if you are going through this or if you're just like dabbling in dieting and you think like, I'm just starting this harmless diet or I just want to get healthy, like I'm really, really happy for you if you are doing it in a healthy way. But I know from firsthand experience and from the thousands of women that I've worked with that it's really hard to have that healthy balance when we are motivated by chasing that perfect body because it'll never be enough. We will never be perfect. We'll never be skinny enough. We'll never be, you know, fit enough and it could just lead us into this downward spiral and so I really really want to caution against that. The other thing that I want to tell you before we begin is that in this video I am going to stay away from numbers to respect my fellow eating disorder recovery warriors because numbers are really triggering. So I'm not going to be saying the exact calories I was eating. I'm not going to be saying my exact weight or anything like that. So 
please don't ask me um, because it is very triggering, not just to me, but to the community. But I will be showing pictures just so you can get a more visual view of my story and everything that I went through. If you think that these pictures might be triggering for you, like you don't want to, you know, see my before and after pictures and things like that, then I highly recommend you go visit my podcast because this exact audio is going to be on my podcast as well. So you can listen to the story without seeing the photos. And with all that being said, minor trigger warning on this, especially if you are struggling with an eating disorder. Some of the things that I'm going to be talking about are old disordered habits of mine that you've probably been through or thought about, and I don't want this to be a trigger in any way. In fact, I want this to be the exact opposite. I want it to be filled with hope and love and support for you on your journey. But if you know yourself and you know that you will get triggered by hearing somebody else's story and, you know, the things that I used to do, then please do not listen to this, okay? The last thing I want is for you to go into this downward spiral. So without further ado, let's get started. This has been a big weight on my chest. I'm so excited to let it out to you. My eating disorder story all about my bulimia, binge eating, competing in bikini competitions, and recovering from all of the above. So I'm going to start at the very beginning. I started dieting when I was about 11 years old, and I am younger in like my age group with my peers because I skipped a grade early on in elementary school. So I started feeling the pressure to be thin. I mean, in middle school, I was an early bloomer and I grew boobs. I had hips and I didn't want that because nobody else around me had that. Everybody had like very thin bodies. Um, and I just felt like my appetite was too high. My body was too big that I wasn't attractive enough. And this was at the point where I really wanted boys to like me. And so so I started dieting thinking that if I could just get my body smaller because that's what everybody idolizes, then I will be attractive, then I'll be popular, I'll have friends, boys will like me, and I'll be this perfect girl. To me, perfect was three things that every girl should be. This is kind of what the message is that we get from society growing up, right? The first one is smart. Girls should be smart. The second one is pretty because you can't just be smart, you have to be smart and pretty. And the third one is thin. And very quickly, number three, thin, became my number one priority at the expense of everything else. And it's really sad that we grow up in a world where smart, pretty, and thin is like this perfect girl. I mean, think about the compliments that we used to receive growing up. Like, oh, you're such a pretty girl. And I'm not saying that that's bad or that you shouldn't compliment anybody's appearance, but the message that we get subliminally is that your looks matter. And you need to do everything you can in order to make sure that your looks are at the top of your priority list because they are the most important thing about you. And that is very much the message that I grew up with, that your looks matter, do good at school, but also the most important thing is how pretty you are. So at 11, I started dieting, I started working out, and I started experiencing some bulimia symptoms. And I never knew that this was an eating disorder because, to be honest, all the girls around me, mostly all my friends, were also dieting. And they were also worried about their weight. And they were also talking about, oh, I need to lose weight and look at my thighs and those little things. And so to me, it was normal. It was normal to spend your whole mental capacity just calculating calories and making sure that your stomach doesn't stick out when you sit down. That was very much something that was normal amongst me and my friend group. 
Not to mention social media really came into the picture. I am 22 and a half. Yesterday was my half birthday. And so when I was 11, 10 years ago, that's right when like MySpace and then after MySpace quickly came Facebook and after Facebook was Instagram. So I've literally been on social media right at that time that I hit puberty. And so that very much affected my body image and everything that I thought was normal. And so I thought that dieting, I thought that working out a lot, I thought that worrying about how you look, I thought that disordered eating habits. I thought all of that was normal and nobody told me that it wasn't. In fact, everybody around me encouraged me from my friends to my family to even like my friends' families, like their moms and everybody was just always talking about it. So why would I think that I had an eating disorder? I thought that eating disorders were for people who were anorexic, who were very, very thin and who were hospitalized. So I had this very like stereotypical image of what an eating disorder looked like. And I never knew that I fell into that image because of course I wasn't small enough. And so for me, that was a big part in not seeking help was because not only were people not worried about me, but people literally applauded me every time I would lose a few pounds. And I, looking back now, I realized that I was struggling with bulimia because I would make myself throw up. I would abuse laxatives. I would over-exercise just to try to compensate for what I ate the night before. I would only bring like a cheese stick and some turkey slices to eat at lunch. I would skip breakfast. And then at dinner, sometimes I would be in control and, you know, have a very small dinner. And other times I would completely lose control and binge eat. And that would send me in this vicious diet cycle of restricting and then binge eating and then feeling so ashamed and vowing to restrict again starting Monday and just nonstop. And this went on for almost eight years. Meanwhile, the part I didn't tell you is that when I was 11, that's actually when I started dancing a lot. So I was dancing ballet and jazz and hip hop and contemporary. And I was at the studio about 10 hours a week, every single day after school, Monday through Thursday, that I was teaching dance on Saturdays because I got to teach the little ones, which I really enjoyed. And so I was dancing and ballet is like very demanding on the body. A lot of people seem to think that dance isn't hard when it's probably one of the hardest sports. And so while I was dancing, my dance studio was actually on the second floor of this big gym. And this gym was kind of like known in the area to be like a very serious fitness gym. And so one day I went downstairs because of course I felt like I wasn't skinny enough to be a ballerina. So I had to work out and it's really hot in Arizona so I couldn't really do it outside. And so I'm like, I just need a treadmill. And so I go to this gym and I ask them about memberships. And I think me and my boyfriend at the time, this was in high school, we ended up both signing up for this gym and he was like really into working out. So through him and because it was the first floor of my dance studio, it was kind of like a no brainer. I'm like, oh, I can run to the gym because granted, I'm like 14. I'm not driving. I'm like a freshman or sophomore in high school. And so the gym was about a mile and a half away from my house. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to run to the gym. School ends at 2.30. So by the time I take the bus home at 3 o'clock, I can run to the gym and be at the gym at 3.30. Then I can work out from 3.30 to 4.30. Dance starts at 4.30, goes on till 8.30. And then I'd come home and that's when I would either, you know, go to bed hungry or just completely binge eat myself into a coma. And so that's how much I was working out all the time, every single day. 
And this was at a prime developmental stage in my life too, which I wish somebody told me like, hey, you're supposed to gain weight during puberty. Everybody does. You're supposed to develop. You're supposed to eat a little bit more. You're supposed to let your body grow because you are growing just by nature, biologically. But for me, I was trying to suppress that growth. This was like almost all through high school. And I was absolutely obsessed with the gym to a point where I ended up quitting dance. It was the one thing that I loved, but it went from like little comments from my ballet teacher that your quads are getting too developed. You need to stop working out so much to a couple people bringing up to me that I should start competing. And competing, in case you don't know, is like competing in bikini fitness. So it's part of the bodybuilder industry, but it's like for women who want to be like small but lean kind of thing. So you know, it came to a point where I was like, okay, dance or competing, dance or competing. And I chose to go the gym route and the fitness route. And I eventually stopped taking dance so seriously. I started taking less classes. And then by senior year, I didn't dance at all, which was really heartbreaking um, because I gave up so much just for fitness. I gave up so much just in pursuit of this perfect fitness model body. I even dropped out of like this AP program that I was doing at school because it wouldn't let you have half days. And here in high school, if you just take regular classes, then you can only take four classes your senior year and then you can go home at lunch. Whereas in this AP program, you have to be at school all day. So I dropped out of the AP program because I'm like, okay, well, if I don't do AP and I just take regular classes, then I can have a half day and then I can go to the gym and then I can still make it to work because I worked at a restaurant at this point. And so everything in my life like revolved around going to the gym and when I was going to eat, when I was going to work out and if this would all fit into my schedule. And so I was just obsessed. I was obsessive and I was obsessed. Um, and it really started taking over my life. The funny thing is, the most ironic part is that I actually went into fitness and competing because I thought it would help like control my eating. And so I was like, okay, well, if I can just control my eating, then I won't have an eating disorder because I'm going to be eating six balanced meals a day as per my meal plan. <laughs> Great idea. And so I thought that like, if I could just stick with my meal plan and never binge eat again, and then I won't have to be a bulimic because my meal plan is going to be so strict. So it's going to fix my eating disorder and I'm going to lose weight and my body's going to be perfect. So of course, I'm not going to have body image struggles anymore because I'll finally look perfect. I know I'm being facetious here, but this was literally my thought process that competing and fitness and just getting really serious about the gym and my meals and my food I thought that that would make my eating disorder and my body image struggles completely vanish because I was finally in control. And in reality, the fitness world and competing and everything, it was just a safe haven for my eating disorder. I can just illustrate this with one story that I remember is my first ever coach. This was the first guy that like came up to me and he's like, hey, you ever thought about competing? He was totally hitting on me and it was really gross, but I like the attention, I guess. I like the attention that I got from my body. I felt like I worked so hard for it. And I felt like I was a part of this community and that nobody else understood me besides fitness people because it was all about work hard, grind, prioritize your fitness. And it was just like all these toxic masculine messages that we get from society. 
about how you need to just like hustle and grind yourself into the grave. And if you don't, then you're lazy, then you're unhealthy, then you're not prioritizing your health and you're just not like us. So I was very much in this community. I was very judgmental, not just of myself, but of other people. And of course, I was only judging other people as hard as I could judge myself. So that also says a lot. But I remember my first ever coach, um, he finally convinced me to start competing. And so I was training for my bikini competitions. And I remember like vulnerably opening up to him. And we were like at the entrance of the gym. I remember this so vividly. And it was late. It was like 830. It was probably after dance that I came in for a second workout because I would do that sometimes too. And I remember running into him and I told him like, hey, um, sometimes like when I feel like I overeat, I kind of like resort to the toilet because I feel so guilty for eating so much and I can't help myself, but I don't know how to get the food out of me. So like, I don't know, like, is this normal? Like, is this healthy? Is that fine? And I'm like 14, you guys, like, I didn't know. And I know now 14 year olds are like more woke and have more access to information, but I literally didn't know. I mean, I kind of suspected based on what I saw on Tumblr, but then again, like, Tumblr and Pinterest, they kind of glamorize this unhealthy obsession with being thin. So for me, like if I went to extremes to do so, then I was just dedicated. And so I'm like, you know, is this okay? Like I'm kind of doing this. And he's like, this is a, a man that was much older than me. He puts his arm around me and he's like, oh, honey, don't worry. I mean, I do the same. And here's a little secret ice cream is like really smooth coming back up. And so it's not going to burn your throat. So if you need a binge eat, binge eat on ice cream, and then you can throw it up. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Like that makes sense. And a part of me was shocked. And then another part of me was relieved because somebody understood just how dedicated I was to being thin um, and gave me a helpful tip for making that happen in the most disordered, fucked up way. So that you know, really illustrated how the bodybuilding industry was a safe haven for my eating disorder. And what I saw happen to a lot of my fellow competitors is that even if they went into it with more or less a healthy mindset and they were like, I just want to challenge myself. I just want to do a competition. I'm really into working out and this is really good for my mental health. Over time, they ended up developing an eating disorder just because of how taxing it is on the body, how strict you have to be with your meals, and also just how fucked up it is for body image, the whole thing. You're constantly surrounded by people who are just so fit, so thin, going to extremes to do so. And if you slip up at all, and I mean like slip up, like eat two extra almonds slip up, then you feel like you're just a total and utter failure. The big truth that I wasn't telling myself is that fitness just covered up all my problems with this pursuit of the perfect body and with everybody applauding that and everybody glamorizing it and encouraging it. And bikini competitions didn't control my eating disorder. They just made it more socially acceptable. And so when I was 16, I started training for my first competition and I did two competitions that year and doing a competition and preparing for a competition is insane for me at least because everybody called me the chubbier girl with extra baby fat, which means you have to work extra hard. It was like working out three to four hours a day. It was being on a diet that literally 
a newborn baby wouldn't eat this many calories. It was just so strict, so low. Um, I would have a cheat meal once a week, but of course during this cheat meal, I would completely binge and lose it and hate myself and cry and feel so ashamed. And I wouldn't tell my coaches, you know, how I lost control. And so after doing two competitions, after my first competition, I was a senior in high school. And so I felt like really badass. I was like, oh my God, like I did this bikini competition. Look at how tan and ripped I am. And I'm better than all of you. And so I kind of like just took that energy and it just motivated me even more to keep going. And so that summer I started training for another competition. I did another one later that year. I think I won like fifth place in a really big show. And so I was like, yeah, this is the life. And again, all the attention, all the lights, camera action, all the glamour, all the social media followers. Like this is when my fitness Instagram was blowing up. I was a sponsored athlete. Like everything that you see on Instagram and on YouTube from these fitness people, like that was the route that I was going. And that was like my dream is to make fitness, not just my hobby, but my full-time career. And so I did a second show. And then I remember after that show being so depressed, just so depressed and so anxious and hating my body. And this was like the holiday time. Um, and so I didn't get to like spend time with my family during the holidays. I mean, maybe I was physically there, but I wasn't mentally and emotionally present. Um, and I remember just feeling so alone and just in just such a hard place. And my binge eating and my bulimia was coming back. And because it was like winter time, there weren't really any shows to prepare for. And so I would binge eat, I would eat cereal and ice cream and peanut butter and all the things, even fruits that I couldn't eat when I was preparing for my competitions. And I remember like waking up one morning in January and being like, that's it. I got to get skinny for my 18th birthday. And I went to extremes to do so. And after my birthday in February, around March, I found a new coach. And then he suggested that I try big girl supplements. And in case you don't know, big girl supplements are anything from like really, really, really harsh fat burners, like to the point where they're off the market and not legal or like steroids. And so the stuff he gave me was somewhere in between. I mean, it wasn't an all out steroid, but it is kind of considered in the steroid category. And I remember this stuff making my heart rate go so fast that I thought I was going to die. Like literally I would take it, I would run on the treadmill and I couldn't stop running because it gives you so much energy and you usually stack it with like caffeine. And so I would take like four shots of espresso, I'd take the pill, I would be running on the treadmill and I couldn't stop because I had so much energy. And at the same time, I thought my heart was like bursting out of my chest and I had to run for an hour or I had to be on the Stairmaster for an hour to burn all those calories to prepare for my show. And I thought I would die. Another part of the story that I actually didn't tell you is throughout this whole time from the point when I was 11, I started having vasovagal syncope. Now, if you don't know what vasovagal syncope is, it's just a fancy word for fainting. Um, especially unexplained fainting. So I fainted probably like three or four times throughout middle school. And my mom was so worried about me and we couldn't find the cause. And we would go to one doctor to another. We would get my head scanned and, you know, everything that we could. And they didn't have answers. They were like, you know, it's just puberty. Like she'll grow out of it. Like it'll be fine. But the scary part is, is like if you've ever lost consciousness, it's not the losing consciousness, even though that's really scary in and of itself. But the worst part is, is like, 
if you fall over and like hit your back or something, you can really hurt yourself. And I remember one time I actually lost consciousness and looking back now, this is actually when I first started dieting. When I first started my period, I was 11 and a half years old and me and my dad were Christmas shopping at American Eagle. And I remember there was a lot of people and suddenly I got so hot and I just passed out in the middle of this American Eagle. And the paramedics came and they had to take me to the emergency room and we were paying that emergency room bill for like, I don't know, six, seven years. Um, And it was this whole thing. They did all the tests and they couldn't figure out why I just passed out. And I think one nurse came up to me and she was like, did you have breakfast? And I said, yeah, of course I had breakfast. And I lied. I didn't have breakfast. I had half a banana for breakfast. And this was like in the afternoon. I'm 90% sure that the cause of my unexplained fainting episodes that would happen totally randomly was a whole lot of stress and whole little food and calories and nutrients in my body because I was just depriving myself to that extent. And so when it came to like taking these really intense fat burners and these big girl supplements, I had this fear in me that I would pass out again. But for some reason, that determination to get to that perfect body and to lose the weight and to compete and everything like that exceeded any of my fears about losing consciousness or my health. So even when it was no longer healthy for me anymore, I still kept going. And even when people were saying like, oh my God, you're so healthy and fit and dedicated. And I knew deep down inside that the truth was that nothing that I was doing was healthy. At that point, I took on that identity of having the perfect fit body. I took it on like so deeply and I held it so dear to me that I remember telling people like, yeah, competing's not healthy, but it's not for everyone. I mean, I'm just, you got to do what you got to do. I'm dedicated and this is my lifestyle and this is my career. And I would act like I was better than everybody else when deep down inside, I hated myself. I absolutely hated myself. I hated myself for lying, for sneaking around. I hated myself for treating myself so poorly. I hated myself because I was constantly depressed and anxious about food and depressed about how my body looked. And I hated myself for just missing out completely on my whole life in pursuit of the perfect body. But somehow I couldn't stop. It felt like it was all of me. And I didn't know who I would be if I let myself go. I didn't know that anybody would like me if I gained weight. I literally thought that all my friends would turn against me. I thought that nobody would ever talk to me, that I would sabotage everything that I worked hard for. And I thought that that would like be the end of my life. And I would tell myself that I would rather die than gain weight. And my biggest fear was gaining weight, not sharks or snakes or public speaking or anything like that. My biggest fear was literally gaining weight and having Other people notice it and reject me. And so my whole life was just about being skinny and being fit um, and having this perfect body. I also, because I was so hungry physically and emotionally and spiritually, a big part of where I like channeled that hunger without eating was like sex, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was kind of my thing. Um, And so I got myself into a lot of toxic, abusive relationships. I slept with people that I really regret and I just wish that I protected myself a little bit better. I wish that I treated my body nicer and that I protected my heart a lot more. Um, And so there's so many things that I regret. I mean, I don't regret the whole journey because it made me who I am today, 
But I just know that this vicious diet cycle can really lead to a full-blown eating disorder, can lead to a lot of other mental health conditions. And then on top of that, you also take your self-hatred out in other ways, like doing poorly at school um, or sacrificing work or friends or relationships. Um, You're constantly in these drama-filled, abusive relationships just because you're trying to find some sense of self-worth from anybody that gives you attention. And so everything in your life was just self-sabotaging. I remember one time I took two fat burners and coffee, and I came to class. This was my freshman year of college. So I had this full-ride scholarship to Arizona State And I was really proud of it because somehow amongst all of this, I was still able to keep my grades up. But when I got to college, that's when everything came crashing down. And I remember sitting in class. It was my 7.30 a.m. accounting class. And the reason why I signed myself up for a 7.30 a.m. accounting class is so that I could get out of it by 8.30 a.m. and then do fasted cardio without having to wake up too, too early. And so I would tell myself, like, if you just fast through your class, then you can get to the gym, then you can still do cardio in the morning, and ta-da, there's your starving cardio. It should be called starving cardio, not fasted cardio. Like, let's just call it what it is. You're starving your body, and you're running it down to the ground. But anyways, aside from that, I remember sitting in my fast or my fasted cardio class, my accounting class, and I took so many stimulants that my hand was shaking And when I went to go revisit my notes for the homework the following night, I couldn't read anything that I wrote because my hand was shaking so badly and it didn't even register in my brain that what I was writing was completely not legible. Like I, I don't know, I was just so obsessed and hyper-focused on my body that nothing else mattered, that my school didn't matter, my relationships didn't matter, my job didn't matter, like nothing mattered. It was just about my body. So it just caused like a lot of issues for me in so many different ways. And like I said, they're all byproducts of one another. So even if you feel like, oh, I'm going on this harmless diet and at the same time, other areas of your life are being sacrificed or you can't seem to focus on things that used to like bring you so much joy or you're not spending, you know, really quality time with the people you love, then chances are you're getting stuck in this vicious cycle and it is getting in the way of your life and you need help and you need to get out. I am very against dieting. I'm very against diet culture, especially, which is this idea that society has just brainwashed us to believe that we have to constantly be dieting, that our sole purpose in life is to lose weight, pay bills, and then die sometime along the way. And that everything about a woman that is important is her appearance. That that is the most important thing that a girl can be is pretty. And the most important thing that a woman can be is attractive. And I just hate this. I hate these messages. I hate diet culture. I hate beauty culture. And just as a caveat, I'm not talking about like if you put on mascara that that's beauty culture or if you decide to eat a salad because that sounds delicious and nutritious. That's not diet culture. Diet culture is when you're doing things because you feel like you should, because you feel like you're nothing without them, because you're scared that other people won't like you or they'll judge you or they'll reject you if you don't look a certain way. That is diet culture. It really messes with our minds, our bodies, our souls, our spirits, everything. And it just makes us believe that all we are are a body and we are so much more than a body. And so this is why I'm just so passionate because I've experienced it firsthand and it almost ruined my life until when I was 18 after that, after I started taking the big girl supplements, 
sometime around there, my body just started fighting against me. Now I see that my body was fighting for me, but at the time I thought my body was like out to get me and it was the devil and I hated it because this is what was happening. I would literally finish all my meals and I would do all my workouts and I would perfectly follow the plans of my trainers in preparation for my next bikini show. And then at around 8, 9 p.m. at night, I would start binge eating. If I had my meals prepped, I would eat all my meals for the week in one sitting. If there wasn't enough food because I didn't keep food in the house that I would potentially cheat on my diet with. So if there wasn't enough food, I remember putting on a big hoodie and like covering my face and going to a grocery store that was across the town to the food city where I knew nobody would be there to recognize me. And I would just buy all this food that I knew I couldn't have, couldn't have based on my meal plan. So like peanut butter and cereal and like chips and all these things. And I would buy them and I would come home and I would binge until like midnight, 1 a.m. And then I would binge myself into a coma and I would fall asleep. I remember my apartment would be a mess. And when you're binge eating, you kind of completely lose control of reality and you're just numbed out with food. And so I was just like inhaling all this food and I wouldn't clean up after myself. I would try to make myself throw up and then I would fall asleep and I would get up in the morning and I would wrap myself with saran wrap and take my fat burner and go and do an extra hour on top of what I already was doing of cardio at the apartment gym. And this would start happening more often. More and more often, I would find myself binge eating on my kitchen floor. During this time, it just felt like I couldn't stop. Like before, my bulimia and my binge eating were more or less under control. Like it was it was only maybe happening once a week and I was able to make up for it. But at this time, it was like no matter what I did, I was binge eating every single night and I couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with me. And I felt so ashamed. And so at first I was like, maybe my hormones are off. And so I got all the hormone tested and yeah, I had some hormonal issues because of all the shit I was putting my body through. Um, And at the same time, the lady who did my hormones, who was a naturopathic doctor, she actually competed like 20 years ago. And so she knew exactly what I was going through. And so she started opening up my eyes to like, Um, it's not just physical, it's also mental and emotional and you need help. And that was when I started getting help. Not only did I get help from her and I was doing vitamin IV injections just to get my vitamins up and healing my thyroid, but I was also trying to work on my mental health. And at first I didn't know what that looked like. So I was like, okay, I vow to never make myself purge again. And so I started like letting myself eat more and I wouldn't like make myself throw up or I wouldn't overexercise at the gym. Um, But I was still trying to like keep it in control. And of course, the more I tried to keep it in control, the more my body was like, no, we need food. You've been starving us for too long. And so then I would binge eat again. And so this cycle would continue. And so it took years and years for my body to start trusting me again. It took me years to stop binge eating, probably close to two years. Um, And your journey might look different, might look longer or shorter. I really don't know, but it takes time for your body to start trusting you again. So I did a lot of different things, but the first thing that I did was I stopped going to the gym. I stopped going to that place that made me sick because you can't expect to heal in the same environment that you got sick. Then I started letting myself eat more. I was no longer on a rigid 
rigid meal plan. And even though that I was so used to being on a rigid meal plan because I've been on like a diet since I was 11, almost nonstop. So at first it was like, okay, I'm just going to let myself eat a little bit more. And I was still trying to be in control. And then eventually I had to throw my hands up in the air and be like, you know what? I cannot keep on restrictively dieting because the more I try to diet and the more I push myself to stay in control, the more I lose control. And I realize that this is basically the laws of the universe. What you resist will persist, which is why a lot of dieting doesn't work because not only are our bodies smart enough to know that like, hey, we don't like famine. (laughs) We don't want to starve. We want to keep you healthy. But also emotionally, it's like telling a toddler no, right? Like, have you ever told a toddler no? What happens? They want it even more. And that's why you feel heightened cravings. You feel more anxiety around food and you just feel out of control around food because anytime you try to restrict that thing will just persist and it'll just keep yelling at you. So eventually I gave up dieting altogether and I did gain a lot of weight. Um, I gained over pounds in like two months and it was really tough. It was probably one of the hardest things that I had to go through, even though I've been through so much trauma in my life. For some reason, gaining weight was one of the hardest things because gaining weight in a society that tells you that that's the worst possible thing that could happen to you is really difficult. It's just one of those things that like people do comment and you feel uncomfortable in your skin. And it's really tough looking in the mirror and feeling like you gave up everything you worked so hard for. Um, And that's the unfortunate reality of it. But the very hopeful reality of it is that when you let yourself gain weight, your body does come to a healthy place where you were meant to be all along. And if you read up on chronic dieting, you know that when you diet, you actually tend to yo-yo and gain back even more weight than you lost. So chances are you will be at a higher weight than you're used to, but eventually your body will settle in. You will learn to accept that and you will be very grateful for this vessel, even if it's not a size double zero, um, because your body really does a lot for you. And anytime you feel like it's fighting against you, it's actually fighting to save you, to keep you alive, and to make sure that you are thriving as you are on this planet. So all of this was quite the journey. It was quite the experience. I also ended up moving to Canada right as I started recovering from my eating disorder. And there was a few different reasons why I moved. Firstly, I met somebody and I kind of just hopped on the opportunity to get away from Arizona. Like I said, I felt like I couldn't heal in the same environment that I got sick um, because it just felt like too many people I know, too many influences, too many triggers. And so I really wanted to get away. On top of that, Arizona is kind of like California in a way where it's always warm. So people are always wearing like shorts and crop tops and everything is very like image focused. And everyone really cares a lot about how they look and how other people look. So I felt like just growing up here was not so great for me because it just made me focus on the wrong things. And for me, when I visited Canada a couple times, it was like, you know, cold. And so everybody was wearing big sweaters and people were like more down to earth and I just pictured myself hiking in the mountains and really finding myself. And a part of it was me romanticizing, you know, a different place other than the one I grew up in, which I think is very normal. But another part of it was that kind of the truth, like people are very obsessed with appearance uh, here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And so getting away was the best thing for my eating disorder recovery. I spent two years 
in the mountains, healing, hiking, just getting to know myself, letting myself eat, um, letting myself move my body in a way that feels good, letting go of all that pressure to perform and the pressure to be perfect. And I really started doing the things I love, which was spending time with people I love. I transferred to university there, so I was focused on my studies a lot more than I was before. I was also working on coaching and not only coaching for myself, but also getting trained to be a life coach. And so all of these things really help me see myself in a more positive way. And that is everything that I want for you. And so I don't think that you need to like, you know, move to a different country like I did, but I do think that you need to create a different environment for yourself. So get new friends, stop going to that same old gym, stop, you know, trying to eat that same diet and trying to just force yourself to stay in control because it's only going to backfire. Surround yourself with people who focus on the bigger things in life that are not about who wore what or who gained how much weight or who has this much money. Like really find down to earth people that are going to be supportive of your healing journey. And also the person I was dating in Canada was really supportive of me even though I was gaining weight and I hated my body he loved my body. And so it was really nice to have that consistency of somebody reminding you that like, hey, I think you're beautiful regardless, but I also think you are so much more than that. And there's so many other reasons why I love you. And of course, that relationship didn't last. Well, not of course, but it ended up ending pretty badly. And maybe that's a story for another time, but it was also all a part of the journey and a part of my healing and recovery. So I wouldn't take back a thing. Two years later, I ended up moving back to Arizona. And of course I was faced with very similar triggers in terms of, you know, coming back to an old place with a new mindset, but I'm here and I love it now. And I see things so much differently. I see myself so much differently. And I'm just so glad that I went through everything that I did because it led me to where I am today. So if you're in a similar boat, if you've been struggling with your body image or food struggles or just endless dieting and always feeling like you're not good enough, please know that recovery and healing is possible for you. Even if you're not sick enough, or even if you feel like you're not thin enough to start healing from dieting, dieting is one of those things that affects everyone and it hurts all of our bodies. Restrictive dieting is not something that is natural. It is not something that should be happening for us to stay healthy, both physically and mentally. So it's really important that you stop dieting, okay? Number one, just stop dieting. I have so many different resources on my website and stuff that you can visit and other YouTube videos that I made a while back, but please, 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 for the sake of you, Please stop trying to diet. Please stop trying to lose weight because it'll only backfire. And then from there, you have to learn to accept yourself and to accept your body. And then after that, you can start building newfound confidence and exploring different things that you like and passions and interests that you gave up for the sake of looking a certain way. Now, all of those doors are open for you. So this is just my story in a nutshell, kind of a very big 45 minute nutshell, but I am so grateful for you for listening. I hope this gives you a lot of insight into just how ugly it can get, um, especially when you start restrictively dieting or overexercising at a young age and growing up in a society where girls and women are told that they have to be thin, pretty, and smart, and that's all they're good for. That is not true. And I'm here to tell you that you are worthy of so much more than you've been giving yourself and that all those bullshit messages that society sends us 
are lies. They are lies to keep us profiting from the diet industry, from the beauty industry, buying products and trainers and supplements and all that bullshit where they lie and they say that this is what's going to make you skinny. And if you're skinny, then you're going to feel good and have confidence and have the man or woman of your dreams and the life that you've always wanted. But that is not true. All of that, all of those good feelings you deserve right now, regardless of how you look. Your body is perfect just the way it is because it's yours. So I hope that this helped and gave you some encouragement. I'm so grateful for you for listening. Uh, Please subscribe to my channel. Even though I don't post videos that often anymore, I do occasionally pop in and make a video such as this. So your support means the world to me. Also make sure to like it and let me know in the comments below if you can relate to any part of my journey um, because I think that so many people are silently struggling and we really need to come out and to talk about this and be like, hey, This is what's going on, and this needs to change with ourselves and for future generations of girls and women. Thank you for watching or listening, and I will talk to you next time.